Perfect love rooted in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Perfect love operating in the Godhead, three in one. Perfect love conquers all fear. That is what we believe in the Christian faith. Welcome to Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. The Trinity can be difficult for us to fully comprehend or even explain. Yet, it's foundational in how we each experience God. Over the last several broadcasts, we've studied each aspect of the Trinity and their part this Christmas season. Today, David concludes this look at the Trinity with a message called Three in One. We've been in this month looking at the Trinity. It is the major doctrine of the Christian faith. It's a mysterious doctrine. It can't be understood totally on this side of eternity, but it is an absolutely essential doctrine, especially for understanding Christmas and why all of us are gathered in this very special Christmas Eve service. What is the Trinity? Well, it is one God in three persons. It is not a polytheistic faith. We aren't Um, A faith that believes in three gods. We are a faith that believes in one God who has revealed himself uniquely in three persons. The early church had this shield or diagram of the Trinity that they put together to help people try to understand what the Trinity is. God at the center, he is the Father, he is the Holy Spirit, he is the Son, but the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not the Father. They are three unique, different people, yet also the same. Again, it is a mystery, we won't understand it until the other side of eternity, but that's a helpful diagram that the early church in the early centuries put together and has withstood the test of time to describe who the Trinity really is. The Trinity is perfect love communing with one another. The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves the Father. They cross diagram in that particular understanding. Agape love connects them with one another. What's agape? Before Katy Perry ever thought it up, agape love is the unconditional acceptance of another person just the way he or she is. It is a unique, powerful love. It flows from the heart of God. It is the love that should bind all of us who believe in Jesus Christ together. It should keep the world together. What the world needs now is love, sweet love, agape love. It is the power of God that connected the Trinity. Jesus said so in John the 17th chapter, verses 23 and 24. He said, I in them and you in me, he's talking about his relationship with the Father, that they, that's us, may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. There's that agape love between the Father and the Son and the Son to the Father. Father, Jesus cried out, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the earth. The love that the Father had toward the Son, the Son toward the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit toward the Father, the perfect love that connected the Godhead, one God in three persons, existed before this world was ever created. And one of the unique aspects of the Christian faith in believing in a triune God is agape love, because love demands an object. So if God had to create us in order to express that love to us, that means love didn't exist before he created us. But in the uniqueness of the Christian faith, we believe that God loved 
perfectly and powerfully among himself, Father to Son, Son to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit to the Father, before this world was ever created. Agape was what drove the Trinity. It existed before this world was ever created. But then there was a rebellion in heaven. One of the archangels, Lucifer, a powerful angel, who was filled with agape at some point in his own life, rebelled against God and formed within himself the opposite of agape love. What is that? Pride. Pride. It is that the world revolves around me. Everybody's supposed to love me. And I love conditionally. Not unconditionally. I love conditionally. I only love if you can give me back something. If you can meet my needs. Uh, We see that in a lot of marriages that break up here at Forest Hill. What I affectionately and jokingly but also sadly call slurpy marriages where the wife tries to drink from her husband and loves only if he loves her back. And the husband tries to drink from his wife and only loves her if she loves him back. That's conditional love. It has nothing to do with agape. And it's filled with a heart of pride. And Lucifer led that rebellion against the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in heaven. He wanted the position of Jesus. And he led a third of the angels with him in rebellion against God and committed himself to destroy the works of the Father in every possible way. That's why when God did create the heavens and the earth through the Holy Spirit in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, we see suddenly after this beautiful creation where everything's operating perfectly, nature's operating perfectly, relationships between Adam and Eve are operating perfectly, their relationship with God is perfect as they walk in the garden regularly, experiencing agape love with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and between themselves. But in Genesis 3, 1, suddenly Lucifer shows up on the scene. And he tempts Adam and Eve to move away from agape, to move away from conditional love and start defining good and evil themselves, which they decided to do. They rebelled against God and started operating in pride. And we see in Genesis 3, the first negative emotion ever mentioned in the Bible is fear. Fear arrives and women start trying to find their identity in their husbands and husbands try to find their identity in their work and all of creation is messed up. Then in Genesis 4, we have the first murder that occurs in the Bible. Total rebellion against God. And here's where God is in what I call a cosmic conundrum. He's in a divine dilemma. He perfectly loves within himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He created us to share this love. In fact, he wanted to begin with Adam and Eve and then have millions upon millions, trillions of creatures who would share that love with him and then with one another. But sin, rebellion, pride had broken apart that love. The love that previously existed in Adam and Eve's heart had now been severed and emptied out. And he still wanted to have that love relationship with his creation, but they were in rebellion against him. The other side of his nature, though, is also in a dilemma. He's holy. He's perfect in every possible way. He loves us completely with agape, but he's also holy and just, and truth must live out. And in our rebellion against him, he must judge that truth. What does he do? If he judges our sin, our rebellion against him, then he must send us into eternity separated from him forever. He must send us to hell. We must perish apart from him. How does he decide to overcome this divine dilemma, this cosmic conundrum? Here's what he decides to do. One day in eternity, after the world had been created, after the world had fallen into sin, he looks at his son and he says, son, would you put on human flesh and would you go to that earth 
in a cradle in the form of a baby? And would you live the life those humans can't live because they all are engulfed with sin? And would you go to a cross and pay the penalty for my wrath against my children whom I love so dearly? Let my wrath be poured upon you instead of them. Forgiveness being given through you to them. And if they accept that forgiveness by grace through faith, I can reconnect with them, pour my Holy Spirit of love back into their hearts, and we can have that love relationship again together, and they can have it with one another. So in God's cosmic conundrum, his divine dilemma, he sent his son. He sent his son. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave or he sent his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God's desire was that through this son now dwelling in our hearts, agape would now dwell within a supernatural love that we cannot impossibly gain through our own works. We can't strive to have the supernatural agape love of God replaced in our hearts. It is a gift from God through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit within us. And when we receive that love within, amazing things begin to happen. First of all, individually, in our hearts, individually, we are reconnected with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The love they have in that perfect triune triangle is now poured out within our hearts. And individually, we now have that love deeply and powerfully within. That's what Jesus meant in John 17, 26, when he said these words. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love in which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. God puts literally the Holy Spirit, his presence in our hearts, and the love that exists between the Father and the Son is now existing within us. Agape now becomes the most powerful force in the heart of believers, and we're able to love like we've never been able to love before. Jesus said we'll even be able to love our enemies. Christians sometimes say, I can't love my enemy. I say, of course you can. Only God can love your enemies through you. You receive the supernatural, agape, love of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit within you. You'll even be able to love your enemies. You'll be able to love your spouse who's hurt you so deeply. You'll be able to love that friend who betrayed you so powerfully. Agape, supernatural love, comes within your heart individually. Your identity is no longer in other people, whether they love you or not or accept you or not or serve you or not. Your identity is in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit solely because you know if he loves you, it doesn't matter how other people accept you or don't accept you. His love is sufficient. His grace is enough within you. Individually, we are changed. And there's also the formation of the church of Jesus Christ. These individuals who all have received the supernatural agape love through Jesus on the cross now come together in a community of faith because God knew that we needed one another in order to move forward in this agape love. And Jesus knew that if agape operated rightly among his children in his church, his community of faith, the world would notice and the world would start to be changed itself. Jesus said in John 13, 34 and 35, He said, a new commandment I give to you. This is to his church, to his people, a new commandment that you agape one another. You love one another. Just as I have loved you, the way God unconditionally loved us through Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, the way that he has loved us, we are also to love one another with that same kind of unconditional, perfect, powerful love. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. 
So the church should be a group of people brought together by the love of Christ within them who are committed to love one another. And when the world sees that love, first of all, operating in individual hearts, they go, that's supernatural. How did that happen? And we can point them to the Jesus who put that love within us. And then they see the way we love one another and that that love in the church is not based on performance. It's not based on condition. It's not based on if then. That the love among the believers in the church of Jesus Christ is based totally on the love we have received from Christ. And we love one another with that kind of love. Others outside the church come knocking on the door going, I want to know your Jesus. I want to be a part of your community of faith. Why? Because of the way we agape one another. But not only does that agape change us individually and change us corporately, it moves us into the world. Jesus said in John 20, 21, in his resurrection appearance to his disciples, he said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So Christians filled with the agape love of Jesus, loving one another, know that their mission is in the world. We are to go into the world and address issues like sex and human trafficking, the degrading nature of human being upon human being that has nothing to do with agape. We are a part of orphan care, adopting children locally and globally who don't have parents, who don't have the opportunity of receiving agape love through the family, which was another original intent of God. We fight the issues of hunger and clean water around the world, knowing that agape also meets human needs. We fight against genocide, people killing one another, and we try to teach them agape, learning how to forgive one another and breaking the senseless cycle of genocide killing. We fight for homelessness because we know that the Savior of this world needed a home with Mary and Joseph. So do those of us who follow him want to give other people the dignity of having a home in which to live. We fight against racism. We know that what happened in Ferguson, Missouri, and New York City, and could happen in other places throughout our nation, is rootly caused by our own pride, our own selfishness, our own self-aggrandizement, our willingness to say, I'm better than you are. I'm more important than you are. But we realize as followers of Jesus, the ground at the foot of the cross is level and we all need his agape. And we realize that every single one of us is the same and that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit love loving one another in us does not look at someone's skin color, but looks at the agape love pulsating in the veins of all of God's children. Agape fights against all of these evils, and any of you who've hung around Forest Hill knows those are our justice initiatives that we as the family of God operating in agape love called Forest Hill are fighting against continually, locally and globally. Dear friends, if it's true, if God really did come down and pour perfect love into all our hearts, we claim the last line of that great hymn, Silent Night, that says the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. What a great line. That in that cradle, in that Christ child, God taking on human flesh, all the hopes and fears of all the years are met in that little baby tonight. What does that mean? It means all our hopes are still alive. Because that baby is in the manger, all our hopes are alive. Romans 5, 5 says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. The third person of the Godhead invades our hearts when we invite Jesus into our life, and the agape of God is poured out within us. Therefore, our hopes are still alive. There was an experiment by scientists one time who put 
several rats into a vat of water. And then after about four hours, as they were struggling and getting ready to die and give up, they took them out, dried them off, fed them, and then put them back in the water. What's interesting is the second time they're ready to go up after four hours, the first time, the second time they swam for another 24 hours. Why? Because they knew if they'd been rescued once, what folks, they would be rescued again. They had hope. They had hope because they'd been rescued once. Ebenezer, the term means helper stone. When David won a great victory against the Philistines, he built the Ebenezer stone. And it means, it comes from the Hebrew word ezer, which means woman or helpmate. Eve was created as the ezer of Adam, the helpmate, the helper. God is also called Jehovah Ezer in the Bible. God is our helper in the Bible. What does this mean? It means that when David had that victory over the Philistines, he built an Ebenezer stone so that every time people would walk by that stone, they would remember that God had helped them beat the Philistines. And that would remind them if God had helped them once, he would what, folks? Help them again. Hope believes that if God came once into this world in this stable, he would come again to help us in our times of need. Our hopes are met in that Christ child tonight, but also our fears are met in him. Believing that Matthew 9, 26 is true, Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God what? All things are possible. Our fears are met in that Christ child tonight. 1 John four eighteen. there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Fear and love, fear and agape are contradictory to one another. Fear believes no one's in control. My life has no hope whatsoever, but faith is rooted in the perfect love of God that came down in that stable. And perfect love believes that we are able to trust the God who came down in that perfect love to us. That perfect love is with you this evening. That perfect love is with you all your life. That perfect love will oversee you no matter what may be going on in your life situation. Perfect love casts out all fear because perfect love believes that God loves me, he's in control, and he has a providential plan for my life in every possible way. This is Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Thanks for listening. Coming up, David joins me in the studio with an interesting conversation about life forever. We'll be right back. This is the Ministry Minute, focusing on ministries that have a positive impact on our community. I'm Mark McManus, and with me today is Bart Noonan with West Boulevard Ministry. Bart, tell us about West Boulevard Ministry. Uh, thank you, Bart, for this opportunity to speak about West Boulevard Ministry, and, and more importantly, about Jesus Christ. West Boulevard Ministry serves the spiritual and physical needs of the families and the communities within the West Boulevard quarter to the glory of Jesus Christ. Whether we're doing neighborhood outreach cookouts, gatherings where we're bringing people outside of their apartments, their homes, into fellowship with one another, or we're doing Bible study bingo the first Wednesday of every month Little Rock Apartments. And uh, we gather anywhere from 50 to 70 children that we share the gospel with and we play bingo after our Bible study portion of the night. And a couple weeks ago, there's a young man who we've been walking with now close to three years who came in, he, he forgot something, like a lot of young, young kids do, he forgot something in the um, space, and he came back in and he ended up praying out myself and all the other volunteers for the West Boulevard ministry team that were gathered there for that night and led us all in prayer and closed it out. And this young man, we've been taking to church every every Sunday for about the past year and a half. And, and that's what it's all about. It's about providing an opportunity for Jesus Christ to work inside someone's heart and, and then encourage them along the way. 
That sounds great. Now, Bart, if any of our listeners want to get in contact with you, how would they do that? The best way to do is uh, either email myself at bart at westboulevardministry.org, or they can call me straight up in my cell phone, and I always answer. I'm sort of like a doctor. The phone's always on, and that's 980-298-9027. I would encourage folks, too, to also go to our website, which is westboulevardministry.org, and there you can see some of our photo galleries. You can see some of the blogs and a lot of things we do throughout the West Boulevard Corridor to the glory of Jesus Christ. It is great having you with us today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. I'm Jen Houston, and with me today is our pastor, David Chadwick. David, thank you so much for being with us today. Hello, Jen. It's great to be with you as well. In this morning's Moment of Hope, you described Christmas using the term life forever, and I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on this. Well, if you don't understand why Jesus came, you're never going to appreciate the full meaning of Christmas. So the Father sent his Son into the world. Why? Because we were lost. And in Luke 19.10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. We're headed toward eternal separation from God, but God so loved the world. He so loved you and me, Jen, that he pursued us, came after us, entered this world, and then died on the cross to forgive us of our sins so that we won't be eternally separated from the Father. And that we not only have fullness of life now, this is what we went to yesterday, but we also have life forever. So at the end of our lives here, when we take our last breath, we know we're forgiven. And if If we have received Jesus, we will never face the judgment seat of God. Never. We already have. The condemnation for our sin has already been poured out on the Son, Jesus. We've already been forgiven. We have entrance into heaven. And my guess is, from what I read in Scripture, it's more glorious, more beautiful, more significant than anything we could ever imagine. We're going to be reunited with our loved ones who love Jesus, and we're going to spend eternity with our Creator in the presence of perfect love and light. So not only is Christmas about the beginning of God's efforts of salvation for our sins, it is also the promise of life forever that we don't ever have to worry about death. It's lost its sting. The last great enemy we face here has been overcome. We have guaranteed in our lives to be absent from the body is to be with the Lord. We are like the thief on the cross next to Jesus, where he said to him, today you'll be with me in paradise, we immediately go to heaven to be with the Father, to be with Jesus, to have the Holy Spirit's presence forever, and again with our loved ones. Life just doesn't get any better than Mm. that, and we have that promise as a part of the Christmas narrative of life forever. This is amazing. And it it makes me think really like we have a purpose for being on earth, but our purpose continues for eternity and we will have things to do. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. One of the great parables that Jesus told was the parable of the talents. And he said, those who had 10 and used them faithfully got 10 more. Those who had five who used them faithfully got five more. The one who buried it, he called them wicked and slothful, and they suffered punishment accordingly. And then he implies that how you have used your talents here and multiplied them, you're going to be used in heaven in a powerful way according to those talents as well, and that how you have used them here implies how you'll be used there as well. Wow, it's mysterious and it's amazing, and I can't wait for it. (laughs) I think it's something that all of us during this Christmas time period should pause and think about, that 
Jesus came not only to give us life now in abundance, he came to give us life forever, to change our trajectory headed away from the Father forever, to now know the reality of that trajectory going to heaven and being with him forever. That's why he came, a rescue mission pursuing us so that when we die, we never have to worry about being separated from the Father. We know we're going to be in his presence. It's a promise heaven is guaranteed by receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior. You've done it again. That'll preach, David. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, everyone, I hope you're enjoying this Christmas season. And as you approach Christmas Day, always remember that Jesus, by coming one of us, has given us also the gift of eternal life. This has been Moments of Hope with David Chadwick, Senior Pastor of Moments of Hope Church. We would love to have you join us for worship this Sunday morning. We meet at Providence Day School located at 5800 Sardis Road in South Charlotte at 10 a.m. You can find more information on our website, momentsofhopechurch.org. And while you're online, be sure to sign up for David's daily Moment of Hope delivered every morning to your inbox. And also check out David's Hopecast. They're both free and available at momentsofhopechurch.org. For David and the entire Moments of Hope Church staff, this is Jen Houston asking you to pray for unity in our nation this Christmas season. 